I remember it like it was yesterday. I came in, I sat on our couch, I was playing with our little dog and he was behind me at like the island in the kitchen and he just said, Aaron, I don't, I don't want to be married. Hey everyone, I just wanted to say up top that before we go into this episode, we do briefly discuss sexual assault as Erin so vulnerably opens up about her story. So if that is something that may be triggering to you, we would recommend that you save this episode for another time when you feel more comfortable and otherwise we hope you guys enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. We have an amazing guest on the show today. I think a friend of mine. I would say she's a friend. Yeah, yeah, she's like one of our new podcast family friends. Yeah, Erin Hill Aaron introduced us to her. Erin um, Ramsey, she has a podcast, You're Such a Catch. She is a catch. <laughs> and really, it's like, it's really a really great conversation. And one of my favorite interviews, actually. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, she was like really open and fun. Very. And we got into a cool chat for sure. Yeah, so yeah. check it out. Um, we want to talk about a couple housekeeping things before we get into it. So we first, subscribe, rate, review. All of it helps the show. Go to mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, hit the five star. You can rate on Spotify as well. Yep. Check out our Patreon. There's some really fun new content up right now. Yeah. They, we have my dance video from last episode. We have your picture. We have an episode where we talk about Love is Blind and we talk about the ultimatum. Guys, it's it's three bucks a month. Yeah. So if you want to pledge, you can go to patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Great. Okay. And then we want to talk about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because actually we talk about therapy a lot in this episode. Yep. And Erin was saying her first therapist, she didn't see her yeah. for all of their sessions. And she was able to really have a connection and um, really like learn about herself. Yeah, make a lot of like progress in her personal journey via just this like sort of f f like voice therapy yeah, so, that she was having yeah yeah so if like if that's a hesitation for you with therapy and you Try want to like yeah. not do video we it's like an option yeah it's it's more affordable than in-person therapy which you and i both know because we both pay out of a pocket. lot of money yes. out of pocket. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give it a try and see if online therapy works for you and helps lower your stress and helps you with your mental health and mm -hmm. well-being, you're going to go to betterhelp.com slash hello goodbye. So there's no and in the middle. So better is B-E-T-T-E-R help H-E-L-P dot com slash hello goodbye. And you can get 10% off of your first month. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to do quick updates because we want to get you guys to this episode. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have started watching Love is Blind Brazil. No, you have not. It's so good. It's so good. I wasn't sure whether to start with Japan or Brazil uh, after watching the American version, of course. Um, I decided to go with Brazil because I thought, I was like, 
I love this for you. It's like, I'm sure everyone's going to be like ridiculously beautiful. On. Oh, sure. And they are like, even the men are like, so. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I like have a cr- Like the men are so beautiful. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And the funny thing is, is like, so I'm like up to like episode two and you know how they, they do. So I've seen two couples actually meet each other post proposal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they like make out. I'm like, good for you, Brazilian people. Wow. Like, like, they, like, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's amazing. Um, and then after this, are you going to do Love is Blind Japan? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, I also saw the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. and it's so amazing. It, like, made me cry. Where do you see it? It's in the theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's this uh, kind of indie movie about, like, a multiverse, you know, that there's, like infinite universes where like things are different and stuff like that um and it's just a really cool crazy movie it stars michelle yo who's a uh, i think chinese born actress um and it's about like an asian family and stuff like that but it's like it's like wild crazy like action fighting stuff but also like just sci-fi stuff and like it has like this beautiful message of like kindness and connection and stuff like that like buried within it it's so good okay yeah if you watched everything everywhere all at once and cried uh holler at me Um, or go watch it and bring your tissues yeah or if you haven't watch it and then holler at me yeah um but other than that i've just been like still hibernating work's been super busy so i'm just kind of like focusing on me i've like spent yesterday i like got like a couple things done but not much really and for like the first time in a long time i just like let myself sort of like veg so i was like mm. watching playoff basketball i was watching some stuff on netflix like good for it you it was wonderful i yeah. love a good veg oh i needed it i could like do it for like like two more weeks and still not be done it feels yeah, like but i'm sure we've well, yeah. been going through a lot yeah i've been a lot of stuff anyways what's new with you well, um, okay, I am now a gym rat. Look at you. I have been going, like, pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like my body has felt the best it's felt in years. That's awesome. I finally found something that I can control myself, and I can control my movements, so it's almost like PT, but I feel strong again, because being strong was my identity for so long like mm. in the yoga world of inversions and handstands and being the strong one my body is just built for being strong i put on muscle like really easily and i just i'm bigger boned and like i just don't like being strong is like something that really connects with me and then when i went through all of my injuries i wasn't that anymore mm-hmm So then I had to just offer myself grace. And this past year and a half, really, I've been babying my injuries so much because I was in so much pain. And if you don't know, I had like neck surgery a year ago where I have like a titanium plate in my neck and the ongoing before that was really painful. And then the after was really painful. And then I realized I had this yoga retreat. I had to go teach that I like couldn't even do anything so I joined a gym started doing the gym thing and now it's just like I I I said for so long I hate the gym why would anybody ever work out in the now gym? it's like your favorite place in the world yeah 
What, what are you like lifting heavy? What are you doing? Because I saw you posted you like doing some squats. Mm-hmm. I'm not lifting super heavy right now. I'm doing more of like lighter weight, more reps mm-hmm. um, just to like, like, a you know, just to kind of, I'm not babying my injuries, but I'm being careful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'll ever go. I mean, I'm so competitive. I probably will, but I just, I don't want to look super bulky and I, and I bulk so easily Hmm. and like i'm just really happy with my body right now and so i'm like trying to be careful of like how much calories i intake because if you're intaking a lot of calories and you're building a lot of muscles you're gonna add mass mass. so i'm trying to be careful with that but i did yeah i did like um a deadlift squat thing what's it called like a where you hold on to it the safety bar where you're like inside of it Yeah, yeah. yeah And um and I did some deadlifts and it was like really empowering. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, I'm totally getting attached to this guy about we talked about on last week's episode, who's the what? Republican. Um, I said that I had told him like I didn't want to sleep with him anymore, and then we had this really Is this the guy from Billiards? Yes. Okay. And then we like had this really hot car sex moment after billiards Hmm. and it was really really hot because remember i had said that i didn't know about our sexual compatibility but that he had told me he wasn't quite in his element yeah so so you've been doing some kinky stuff with this guy well so this is so last night literally last night Uh we went to my car again because it's kind of hard because we can't go to my house because i live with my parents where he lives like his roommate has like a son Mm. And so I'd have to like, and his son is like right next to his room. Mm. I keep, I keep finding people where we can't go to their house. (laughs) Well, by the way, welcome to like millennials and Gen Z. Like no one can afford a home or like, and rents are fucking crazy. I know. I know. So we're, yeah, the boomers fucked us over. So we have to have sex in our cars. I know my car is the most expensive thing I own. Um, And it does the job, you know, it's, it's harder, but anyway, so we, I really, public sex turns me on. Okay. And he's like kind of BDSM kinky. Yeah. And so we like drove down this like street to where like there was no one around. There was like this U-Haul business. But the cars on the freeway, like truckers could yeah. like totally, if they looked, like they could see everything. Mm. And we had sex like outside of the car. I feel like I know exactly where you were. That's so funny. Outside of the car. Yeah. Wow. Bravo. It was really hot. Like really hot. But here's the problem is, so one, I already know that I can't be with this person long term. Hmm. And we talked about this in last week's episode. So if you're curious why, go listen to last week. Um, And because I'm starting to get attached because we're having sex and for women, like biologically our brains are telling us to attach to the person we're sleeping with Mm -hmm. so they can give us babies. Mm -hmm. That's why when we orgasm, we get tight because it's like, no, keep your penis inside Mm. of me, you know? Um, And so I'm getting a little anxious attachment style Mm. because I like him and we both went into this with like, keep our hearts closed and so I think he, I don't think he's attached. And mm. so he's not attached and I'm attached now, which is making me anxious, even though he's done pretty well to like work with me on stuff. Like if I've messaged him and he hasn't messaged me back and then I call kind of freaking out, like not like freaking out, freaking out, but like in my head, 
he'll work with me through it. But like, even today, like I woke up and sent a text and it shows he read it and he hasn't responded. And so then I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, I need to like close, I got to close this shit down. Mm. And, and maybe that does look like stopping having sex, even though like, I don't want to do that because I really enjoy spending time with him. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's just such a hard situation. And I know the right thing eventually is to like, just stop it. But like, I don't want to. That's a tough spot. I know. What? Okay. So what's the, what is the danger? Like, what is the thing you're trying to avoid by stopping right now? What is the thing I'm trying to avoid by stopping? Like, yeah. what do you mean? Well, you're, some part of you is telling yourself, I should stop now or else. Right. What's the or else? Or else I'm going to like, I could see myself really falling for this guy. And mm. he's like very opposite of the political spectrum. And that doesn't like, I just can't justify it. I can't justify it. And, and also like, we just, our lifestyles are so different. And I, I was trying to think about this, like why... I connect with him because there's part of me that's like very bougie. I want the the name brand clothes. I want to have like like $200 dinners in the middle of the week in LA, you know. But I also have this side of me that's very homely of like I grew up humble. Like mm -hmm. it's not like we weren't poor poor, but we didn't have a lot of money. My dad was a pastor. He barely got paid. My mom was a piano teacher. Mm -hmm. Any vacations we had were camping trips where you barely spent any money. Mm -hmm. We never went out to eat. And then I went off to college and was very kind of like, you know, my ex and I didn't really have a lot of money and we didn't do a lot of traveling. And I just got, I just settled into this kind of like homely lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think when I play pool, I, I, I think I think there's a few things happening. I think, one, I'm getting really good. Like, I'm practicing a lot. And so, it's kind of an identity thing. Like, I'm the girl. I go to the gym. I'm, like, really good at billiards. I'm, like, the cool, like, girl, mm -hmm. you know, who's kind of like a guy's girl, you yeah. know? Um, and so, I think there's an identity thing there that I used to have in college. Like, I'm mm -hmm. kind of reverting back to that. And I think also... It's, it's an escape from like my life is so overwhelming of trying to figure out like what I'm doing. And, you know, like, I don't remember if I said this, but like having your father say to you, maybe it's time to go back to school. Oh, interesting. Which like brings up a lot for me because I work so hard to try and do what I'm trying to do and nobody sees it. Hmm. And I know I have people like doubting me or judging me and being like, oh, Leanna, like has been doing this podcast for two years and it's not where, you know, she wants it to be like, maybe it's time to like move on, mm -hmm. you know? And that's like scary to say out loud because wh what I, my desire is and what I've worked so hard for is for this podcast to reach so many people. Mm -hmm. And it has reached a lot of people and it's something I'm really proud of, but it's hard. It's hard work and, and it, you know, trying to have content building and putting yourself out there constantly. And this kind of escape from all of that, of like having to put on not a face, but like, you know, visiting LA and going on trips and, and 
Like all of that, I love so much. But I also love this part of it where I'm not thinking about all of that and I'm not spending money and I'm doing something that's really fun to me and I'm spending time with someone who all those things don't matter. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I, it's, I'm running. I think I'm running. Away from something or towards something? Away. From what? Fear. Hmm. I mean, it almost sounds like hanging out with this person and even things like going to the gym and, and being better, you know, at like your pool league and stuff like that is kind of like, it sounds like there's a conflict between this image that you had for like your life and like where you were going to find your happiness, which is like, you know, living in LA and kind of this glitzy, glamorous life mm -hmm. and this level of success and financial success that was going to sort of get you there or be necessary to do that. And then it sounds like you're having this experience of like, wow, like I can have kind of a happy life right here in these other ways too, mm -hmm. you know, um, by finding things that sort of bring you some like joy and like, and you know, like, cause to me, when you talk about like the gym and, and being good at pool, I mean, I think I get that a lot from my, from my work is like, I can sort of escape into it and like, oh, I'm good at this. And I don't have to like, think about this and second guess and, you know, to be sort of like recognized and appreciated for things that you're good at mm -hmm. um, is really an important thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think, um, you know, I think part of it is fear. Part of it is finding contentment in where I am because those things haven't happened for me. Um, and I think just remembering like, man, I just... There's a lot of expectation that comes with, I think, the millennials of like, we should own a house. We should be making this much money. We should like do this. And I, I know, I like, I, there's people in my life that are like, you just need to get out of your comfort zone. Like, you need to get out of your comfort zone and like go to LA or like, you need to leave. Like you're not finding someone here because there's like not good people here or good mm -hmm. guys here. And that puts pressure on me because yeah. it's like, well, what if I don't have to leave? Like, what if I can, like my whole family's here. LA's close. San Diego's close. The beach is close. The mountains are close. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad place to live. But then there's that part of me that still yearns to go escape and like travel which i could which i can do anywhere but mm -hmm. like to be to like to live a different life for a little bit like what does that look like for me and then there's the pressure and stress of like it not having happened yet and what if it never happens and then i do have to go back to school and mm -hmm. then i'm in redlands going to school i don't know it's like tough and i think i think attaching to this person is like I legitimately like this person. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also like me 
like almost like putting putting pause because I'm so overwhelmed. Putting pause mm. on what I was what I'm working for. I don't know. I yeah, don't, I, I, I mean, on one hand, it can be this sort of like escape from like the scary thing mm-hmm. of like making some big life change, mm-hmm. right? On the other hand, I mean, it's interesting. Like your your thing of like I should end it now because if I don't, I might, and maybe even your head is saying to you, I will fall hard and then be destroyed, mm-hmm. right? Like that is a familiar thought pattern for me. I mean, that's one of the things when I went on my first 10-day meditation retreat, like the biggest teaching that I got out of that was um, that I organize everything in my life around trying to control everything out of fear of future pain, mm-hmm. right? But this, But this has a very clear end game. Like, I'm not afraid. I don't think I'm afraid to fall in love. Mm-hmm. I just can't be with this person. Yeah, but you're telling yourself if you it it feels good for right now to keep going, but you're telling yourself if I do that, then I am going to fall for them, and then I am going to be devastated mm-hmm. when it ends. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what can we? T- what are the answers? What are, what do I do? Tell I me. I mean, we don't have control over anything. Is one of the answers. Yeah. We have the illusion of control at best. And maybe all these, maybe the way you're playing the scenario out in your head, like you don't even know if that's actually what's going to happen or not. Yeah. I mean, it's more likely to happen if you're telling yourself like, this is what's going to happen. Well, but, and he could even like with me sending the text I sent this morning, he could be like freaking out and be like, no, 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 we need to. I don't think he is. He's very secure, but hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just in a bit of a, like a, I just feel a little confused. Yeah, like control versus surrender is such a weird thing because we feel like, you know, uh, there's all this like self-help people, right? Like manifesting people are like taking, you know, you can change your life. Like, you know, take control of your life and do this and do that and make, you know, uh, but then at the same time, you're like, well, what if that doesn't, what if that doesn't feel right? Like what if- You know, like, yeah, what if things, what if circumstances change? Right. I think, I think the only thing that I've clearly manifested is a, a clutch. <laughs> a what? No, like a little purse. Like oh, I was looking so at someone's funny. purse and I was like, I want that. And then I found it at a thrift store. Hey, look at you. No, but I think manifesting is hard. I mean, I think, um, I've, I spent like months doing all of the vision boards and the manifestation and the morning alignment and all the things that I learned in my training with Dr. Morgan and like none of it happened. Yeah. And, and I think the, 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 the downside is you get into like the, Oh, my life has to be like this. And I have the ability to make it like this, like this perfect picture that I'm seeing. And if it, if it, if I don't make it that way, then somehow I failed. You know, like, and all of that Mm -hmm. is bullshit. Yeah. Like, we don't have control over anything. And so, like, I I look at this, you know, you and I have talked about this, like, yoga, like, yeah, work, put in effort. Like, this is important to me, so I'm going to water the the grass over here. Like, um, but also, if you're so attached to, like, one particular outcome, you're going to make yourself miserable. Mm Mm-hmm. Because who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
But it's a tricky balance mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to try to work and put an effort and take risks and make and do some things differently to get to find growth, to find opportunities in my life. And I'm also going to know that I have to approach everything with some form of acceptance and surrender. And if I'm trying to sort of fight the universe to make things exactly as I want them or exactly as I'm telling myself I'm supposed to be or whatever, um, then that's a recipe for misery too. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. It is really I feel like I'm going through this in some ways too, like as we're talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, just like, you know, like losing my dad and having been back on the East Coast, like I wrestle with like, should I be back there? Like, should I drop everything and and just go? Or, you know, are there, you know, career opportunities that I'm not taking advantage of? Or like, and like, you know, why am I not finding the kinds of opportunities that I want? You know, all that shit. It's really hard. I know. Yeah. Well, sorry to be so depressing, everyone. <laughs> but Aaron's great. Aaron's amazing. Okay. No, I don't think it's depressing. I mean, I think this is what it is. Like, yeah. this is why it's hard. Like, I think so many people, too, like, particularly like people in their 20s, like, trying to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do for a living? Like, do I do this or do, do I take this job? Do I take that job? Do I go back to school? Do I not? You know? And it's like, it's a real tricky thing to figure yeah. out how to approach that without trying to hold too tightly to it. And also like, like so that's a problem, trying to control too much. And then the other problem is just sort of like giving up and like saying like, well, you know, things are what they are. I don't know. If anyone has it figured out, holler at us. Yeah. Or if you feel the same way, send us a DM. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That wasn't quick, but enjoy this interview. We'll see you at the end. Bye. Well, we have the pleasure of having one of my friends, Erin Ramsey, on the podcast today. She is the host of You're Such a Catch. And I had the the pleasure of going on your podcast, which yeah. you so graciously hosted me and did such an amazing job like creating a safe space for me to really open up and share my story again after I had shared it on our pod. And it was like, I just really felt like I really connected with you. Oh my gosh. Same, 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 same. And it's so funny because that episode that we did got so much feedback because I think it was just so real and relatable. And it was just two girls having a conversation, you know, with ears that are flies on the wall (laughs) yeah but yeah it was beautiful and I'm so happy to be here I just I think you guys are great I mean I remember first meeting you and of course I did the you know quintessential oh you guys must be a couple and you're like oh no (laughs) (laughs) that never happens to us I know you're like never yeah yeah everywhere and I was like oh sorry to be part of that you know crew it's (laughs) it's fine (laughs) well So I told my story on your podcast and, you know, as open as you want to be, if you want to just give us a little bit of insight of what makes Aaron, Aaron, where you came from, how you got to now. Yeah. Oh gosh. How much time do we have? Um, (laughs) uh, You know, so it's funny. So, um, I mean, I grew up in a small town. I um, feel like I've kind of 
picked poorly uh, in terms of relationships, probably like my whole life. And um, I know where that stems from now. So I'm happy to say that I've done so much work on myself. And the podcast has been a huge conduit for that work happening. I think when you have a platform, it kind of holds you accountable. And especially if I'm talking to, you know, my community about like self-love and self-worth, if I'm not exercising that in my day to day, then who am I? And authenticity is super important to me. So um, I went to school uh, in San Diego. Again, like I kind of like left a bad relationship, um, you know, in high school, got out of that, kind of moved as far away from my family as I could. But then I fell in love with Southern California and I wanted to stay down here. And I feel like that's where like my life kind of pivoted because when you're trying to kind of force something, you make different decisions um, than if something's like meant for you. And if that makes sense, like if you're truly in alignment. Uh, and so somewhere after college, I um, started dating a man that I was working with. It was my first job out of school. Definitely not in the field that I studied. <laughs> I went to school for, it's funny, nobody knows what this is, but I went to school for human environmental sciences, which is essentially like HOMAC. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And like, and like sewing and <laughs> yeah like sewing yes exactly um and like I had a concentration in fashion merchandising a minor in business the only thing I use is the, the business I mean you know but uh I wanted to stay in Southern California so bad I you know took the first job that was like offered to me that would allow me to stay down here and like be able to afford it and at that job is where I started dating my ex-husband and um, so we dated for four years. Uh, and if you were like, Aaron, if you could do it all over again, you know, would, is that how you would have seen it? Probably not. But, you know, we were good friends. We had a great time. I was in my early 20s. And um, it just was like we had been together for four years. And like the next step is getting married and all of our friends were married and we were the only ones who weren't and they were starting to have a family. And, you know, we got the question all the time, like, well, when are you guys getting married? And I don't, I was never the girl to, you know, really think about like, oh, my wedding dress is going to look like this and I'm going to be getting married here. And these are the songs that I, I just wasn't that girl. Um, but at the same time, I was such a people pleaser and there was really no like catalyst for us to break up. So when he did ask me to marry him, I said, yes. And then, you know, I just remember like kind of being in the process of, you know, doing our wedding invitations and that wedding prep and him not really having any interest in, you know, doing those things. And me just thinking, hmm, you know, like, like, should you be doing this? But at that time, you know, I had already sent out my save the dates and, you know, like family was already notified and all of those things. And so it just felt like the right thing to do, which unfortunately, you know, like I now know, like if it doesn't feel good inside, like your intuition is telling you something, um, 
don't move forward. <laughs> but back then, you know, I, I did. And so we got married, we were married for three years. And then literally one day I came home from work and, um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I came in, I sat on our couch, I was playing with our little dog and he was behind me at like the Island in the kitchen. And he just said, Aaron, I don't, I don't want to be married and I don't want to have children. And, I mean, I was laughing like on the inside because I'm like, well, I'm your wife and you also have a child like from, you know, a girlfriend in, in high school. So um, you're not really doing well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which are things that you don't want to do. Yeah. I was like, mm, this isn't working out for you, but it was a weird, almost like outer body experience because again, I was such a people pleaser and I you know, would have probably done anything and everything I could have to make that work in, you know, most circumstances, just because in my mind, that's what you should do. And my grandparents were married 74 years until my grandpa passed, or they'd still be married, you know, my parents just celebrated 46 um, years uh, in, in April, earlier April. And, um, I just, I'm the first person in my family to get divorced. But in that moment, something just came over me and I was like, all right, well then, you know, I'm not sure what we're doing here. So I think, you know, it'd be wise if you moved out. And that's when like my eyes were open because we had lived together in probably four different places. And every time we moved, it was always Aaron doing all the work. You know what I mean? It was like Aaron calling the moving truck, Aaron, you know, organizing everything, finding the new place, setting up the, you know, back then we used to actually have to have cable, you know, but like all those things. And so to watch him do that was like really telling, you know, it was like, okay. And so he told me that on a Wednesday, that following Friday, the moving truck pulled up and I let him take everything he wanted materialistic wise. Like I remember that conversation with my dad and him just saying like, Aaron, it's a TV. Who cares if you just bought it? Like you can buy another one, like let him take whatever, you know what I mean? Like the important thing is you get to keep your puppy and keep your home because it was your money that, you know, went to the down payment and, um, and I did. And then that's where like my healing journey kind of started and well, boy. (laughs) So can I ask you a question in that moment? where he's sort of behind you and says like, I don't want to be buried and all that stuff. Had you up until that moment, like felt like, did you feel happy? Like, were you, Mm. were you happy in the marriage yourself? No, no. But I think I was in such a place in my life that it was so important to me to make sure everybody around me was happy and like their needs were being met. And I never really checked in with like, Oh, what does Aaron really want? You know, how does Aaron really feel? I was probably just like numb to it and like going through the motions, you know? Um, So no. And, and like I mentioned, when we were dating, like there were no real pivotal moments where it's like, oh, you know, we should break up. Like there wasn't any like infidelity or you know cheating or anything. Um, but what I noticed more is like as I got older and was like more mature and like, you know, in in my role and working and like also kind of understanding that 
okay, we're a partnership in this house. Like I realized that I did the majority of things. And I think I probably had some resentment there because, you know, he would kind of operate as if he were single, you know, in the sense, like he wasn't coming together and like truly being my partner. And I just don't think he was capable of that. I was going to say, well, Aaron, he, he didn't want to be married. <laughs> I know. So how would he act like your husband? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's just so mind blowing. Like, it, it's like, well, the, why did you, cause I didn't like, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have watched like the ultimatum. Like I definitely did not issue this man an ultimatum and be like, marry me, you know, like, no, like that did, that did not happen. I, we probably would have just kept dating, um, until whatever, you know, one person, I don't know. I don't know. You know, so it's just funny. It feels like a part of my life that didn't happen, but fully did. <laughs> well, it's pretty, it's pretty like how you talked us through the details of it. It's that moment is so pivotal. And I'm, I'm just curious, like in that moment, was there almost like a sense of relief? Mm, I think so. And that's why I think like it came over me to just like acquiesce, you know, and to not be like, Oh, let me, let's, you know, work on this. Let's go to counseling. Let's do. And and we did, we did like premarital um, counseling because the, the person who married us, that was like kind of a requirement, you know? And again, like hindsight's always 2020. So I can think back to even like those sessions and thinking like, as you know, the pastor was talking about like, you know, key differences in the way in which we were raised and like our core beliefs that, you know, um, are ingrained in us. Like, whoa, red flag. Like, where is it? Let's wave it because, but you know, at the time I was just like, oh, you know, you know, like, oh, you can't control your circumstances. And so like, I'm sorry that that was like your upbringing in your childhood. And like, you know, now I know like, okay, if those things happen, like that person really truly needs to like work on themselves first and it needs to be like done separately. Like, I mean, I'm a huge, you know, proponent for therapy and probably my biggest, like, if I could do it all over again, I would have immediately called the therapist um, when I got divorced because I didn't. And I tried to like do it all on my own. And that was Mm. not the jam, you guys, not the jam. (laughs) Well, I'm wondering, can we like rewind? Because one yeah. of our questions for you is like, because I'm really, because I really relate to what you're saying about um, like being disconnected from your own needs. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm curious, like what were the, after the work you've done now, like when you look back on your early life, like what were those experiences that shaped kind of like this pattern that you had of like how you show up in relationships and how you yeah. care for others and kind of not really being aware of or advocating for yourself and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously I mentioned like, you know, my grandparents were married for so long. My parents were still married and my aunt uncles on both sides, like still married. And so I always had a really, um, you know, good place to to seek like mentorship role models that type of thing like i witnessed like very healthy love very healthy relationships but when i was in high school um it would have been my junior year i am a victim of sexual assault and um so i never like correlated you know like mm. the two but i think that one moment that happened to me then really shape the way in which I looked at everything moving forward. So because that happened to me, I then felt like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't worthy or like I had this like 
you know, tarnish on, on who I was. And I think, um, again, from not really valuing what therapy could do, I internalized a lot of it. And we all know, like when you internalize stuff like that, like you become a product of your thoughts and your thoughts aren't necessarily your reality, but you start to build this narrative and you start to like believe this narrative. And so I think that made me go through life choosing um, partners that weren't necessarily um, good matches, but were what I thought I deserved, if that makes any mm. sense. And so it's taken years to truly like break through that. Um, but I feel like I'm in such a place in my life right now that, you know, now I use my voice, you know, to help others. Now I talk about my experience, you know, in such a way that I'm like, I own it. It's part of my story. It happened to me just like, you know, other things have happened to you guys. It's just everybody has their own trauma and their own events in their life. But like, this was mine. And now that I see the impact and effects it had on me, I can work through that. So when I put myself back out there into the dating pool, I'm not leading with like that false narrative that I've told myself all these years. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that's probably tough to talk about. And I mean, I think whenever there's parts of us, like as like a Vic, as, like a survivor myself, like when, like, I don't know if to you, when you say it out of your mouth, it's still piercing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I, I'm wondering if like, because I've heard you a couple of times say like you didn't start therapy soon enough and like you kind of like wish you had and you hadn't placed the value on therapy. And I'm just wondering if you can offer yourself more grace with that mm -hmm. of like maybe it's not what you should have done. There's no blame here. Like after your sexual assault, after your marriage, like it's not your fault that these things happened to you and you found therapy in your own time because of your own strength. And so I don't know if there's like, that's what I'm hearing, but maybe that's not, maybe that's not right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I have beat myself up, you know, probably my whole life for, you know, these different things. Like for a long time, I, you know, carried like a black cloud over my head because I was divorced, you know, and another thing, thing that was kind of like, um, oh, like you're the black sheep of the family or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think grace is a great word. Um, Again, I think the way I kind of see it is like I've accepted it, that as like part of my story and I wouldn't I wouldn't change it necessarily because I don't think I would be here talking to you guys today if that hadn't have happened to me. You know what I mean? And I do feel like by using my voice and talking about my experience, I'm able to help a lot of other people or just be more relatable or or whatnot than if I, you know, had the quintessential like, you know, husband, like what we were just talking about before we jumped on, like the husband, the, you know, 2.5 kids, the white picket fence and, you know, the little dog or whatever. Like I, I really color outside the lines. And so <laughs> I don't think that would ever be like really my journey, but I think the reason I emphasize the therapy so much is because if somebody else is listening, that's going through something similar or even remotely, um, you know, has some parallels, like just an encouragement to be open to that process sooner. Um, and, and the only reason why is because I think that at that time, I mean, young 20s, like I just didn't have the skill set to be able to kind of like work through those thoughts. And if you can imagine 
never really seeking the assistance or support like with the sexual assault then carrying that you know into this marriage and so it all compiles right and then it becomes like a bigger um you know mountain to kind of like pick apart and get to kind of like the root cause and then you know really truly heal mm -hmm. from there yeah that makes a lot of sense um i when you were talking i had a flashback of like i so i had um, a medium session with this really? woman that we've had on our podcast which i like love i've had two sessions with her now well, kind of like seven because she every time we met with her i was like what is this we're gonna be and like can you give me details on this and um but she said that one of the things that i'm going to be doing is being an advocate for women and my my grandmother showed up in our session mm -hmm. and my grandmother had been divorced and then married again <clears throat> and she spoke through jennifer to me and said, do you know how many people are married and unhappy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, even though it's like from the outside, we're like, well, they they're married, they have kids, they have the white picket fence, they have the mm -hmm. house, they have the double income, which is right. so nowadays, you know, all of that. But like, we don't know if they're happy or not, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. all I know is like, yeah, I struggle, but like, I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to be trapped in an unhappy marriage again. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm -mm. No, mm -mm. I totally agree with you. It, it is, it is interesting. Um, it's interesting the kind of status though that we give in society for people who are married, right? Like, it, it's just peculiar. So, Leanna, do you mark when you go to the doctor's office, you know, and you have to fill out your form? Do you mark divorce? And like, why is there even a category for like? What do you care? Like, I'm single. I mark single. I'm like, do you? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. That bugs me. I don't know why it bugs me. I'm so honest that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's it's like, oh, she's divorced. She's probably like, we need to give her medicine. <laughs> right? I'm like, I want to know. We should Being ask for depression. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Which actually, <laughs> that's not a bad public health strategy, right? Like to actually catch people who are divorced and trying to do it all on their own. And if if you go to a good doctor, like that person should be taking a holistic view of your wellness. And you know, and like, but it's like the eye doctor. Right. Yeah, the eye doctor probably not, right? But like, if you're going to your GP, like, actually, there's there's studies that show like if the GP is like, like it's so interesting because I screenshotted it when I like registered for my physical or whatever. I had to answer all these questions online, and like two of them were like, "Have you had any like thoughts of suicide?" and like blah blah blah. And I'm like, and part of me is like, "Oh, I'm glad that they're asking this question," but I totally see how it feels stigmatizing, right? And I, well, I, I think you're right, like in so many ways it's a status thing mm -hmm. to be married mm -hmm. you know to be like oh you know me and my husband me and my wife and blah right. blah, blah and like and, and yeah and it's easy as a single person to feel like less i that for me that was one of the hardest things about turning 40. like mm -hmm. 30 i was okay with i was like i got plenty of time like blah blah, blah. and then 40 i was like what's like like thinking other people were thinking this about me and thinking about myself of like Oh, like what's wrong with me that mm -hmm. 
I, I don't have this, like that I, I haven't been able to make a relationship work, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the past 40 years. <laughs> well, I mean, I could give herself some credit for the first 18. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Aaron, I'm curious, like, are there, when you look back on your healing journey, like even starting from like, you know, like, are, are there sort of pivotal moments or like stages that you can identify, like, like, what was the moment you decided, like, I need help? And like, how did you, mm-hmm. like, I, I also think I was just talking to a student who's a very high achieving young woman. And I think high achieving women, especially I feel like that, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like weakness, it, you know, it, you know, I should be strong enough to do this on my own. And I'm like, actually asking for help is the strongest thing. It's the epitome of strength and courage. Right. Um, but anyways, and any any thoughts on like pivotal moments or stages in your in your journey? Yeah. I mean, I've always been like a high achiever and, um, you know, very, very independent. Like I still consider myself very independent, um, but not too independent that I don't want to create space for the right person in my life, you know. So, um, I mean, this journey has been quite interesting. So I've tried to, you know, work through some of these things with different people in the past, but maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe I didn't divulge like all the things that were going on in my mind. So I would kind of like take a few steps forward, but I wouldn't actually be able to like cross the finish line. Hmm. And in early, I think it was like early 2020, I really went through and did some um, crazy like journaling. I went through like all these different exercises about like, you know, where do I see myself in five years? And like, what does my day to day look like? And, you know, who's in my life, not just like in a romantic sense, but like also platonic, like, am I keeping good company? Uh, Are the people around me like helping me in my journey? Are they holding me back? And then I think hitting the pandemic, right? Like we were forced to really rethink things. And I don't know how you guys felt, but, you know, being quarantined in my home by myself, I was like, oh, this is not what I want for my life. Like I would love to have somebody, you know, to just be here with me to make a meal in the kitchen and, you know, snuggle on the couch and watch a movie. Like that's all kind of like what I wanted. Um, that just human interaction when you couldn't have it, you almost took it for granted, right? Because pre that, I was the girl out, you know, every Friday, Saturday night, you know, Sundays at the football games, like living her best, but not really pausing to like reflect and go, okay, you're sure you're having fun and you're doing all these things, but like, is this truly like what you want for the next 25 years of your life? Or do you want something else for yourself? And if you're telling yourself that you want, you know, X and Y are you doing? Why? Like, you know, it, it was a lot of just self-reflection. And then at the time, um, my corporate job actually said, well, gosh, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic. Like people are probably in need of help. Like we're going to gift everybody eight free um, therapy sessions. Hmm. And I was like, how cool is that? Right. And a lot of people were like, and eh, you know, not going to take advantage of it, but I was like, it's free. You can do it on company time. Like, why would I not? Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, and I'm so- getting paid to go to therapy. 
Yeah. I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I heal like, <laughs> like I learn, like something happens. I have this like Oprah aha moment, this epiphany, like sign me up. And so I did. And, um, it was, I think a combination of me being fully ready. This woman who her technique, I will tell you at first, I was like, why does she just keep going silent? Like why? And I was like, finally, I was like, Oh, I get it. She wants me to come up with the answer. Like, I, you know, like I'm waiting for her to tell me, like, I already freaking know the answer, but like, she's like pausing awkward silence. And so then once I caught on, I was like, Oh, I get it. You're leading me down a path and you want me to like fill in the blanks and I'm very capable. And so I just think she kind of helped me like, put these pieces together that were still kind of missing in the puzzle. It was like, I had the perimeter of the puzzle done and a lot of the inside, but there were like, you know, maybe 15 or 20 pieces that all looked very similar. And I just wasn't sure where they fit. And she really helped me with that. And I, so I never saw her. I only know her voice. Um, so I always laugh because I'm like, one day I'm going to be like at Whole Foods and I'm going to be like, you know, buying my, you know, sushi or whatever. And, I, and I'm going to hear her from behind me and just like, not even say anything, just be like that, that cringy stranger. That's like, ah, I give her like a big old bear hug because I feel like, you know, she was so pivotal in like my, my journey. So, and then, you know, I got laid off from my job, but I decided to, it was worth it enough for me to kind of like continue to see her even on my own. And so, and so we did until, you know, I was like, I feel, I feel really good. Like, I feel like I am capable. And then I proved that, which, you know, we're kind of jumping ahead, but I did, you know, manifest a, a partner towards the end of um, kind of the pandemic and things were great, you know, for a long time until they weren't. But like I told you with the platform, with the podcast, with talking about self-love, self-worth, like who would I be to stay in something that I knew wasn't right? And so for the first time in my entire life, when that, you know, feeling came over me and I, I had that pit in my gut and my intuition was like going off instead of being like, mm, it's probably fine. There's probably, you know, a good explanation for this. I was like, nope. And I, you know, had the tough conversation conversation and I called off the relationship and I never looked back, like never responded to another text, like took him off of social immediately, like all the things just because that's not what I want. You know what I mean? That like, I'm very clear on what I want now. So. Wow. That is so powerful. I love that so much. Oh, thank yeah. you. I mean, honestly, you guys, like, I am so proud of myself too. And when my friends, it, when it, even a random stranger would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, that your relationship don't work out, I was like, please don't be sorry. Like, d don't, like, please be proud of me because, like, it took, can I cut? It took fucking 40 years <laughs> to get to this moment where I could, like, advocate for myself and know my worth and, like, you know, just really stand up for what I truly want. And I, like you said, Leanna, I don't want to go back to another unhappy relationship. You know, I, I don't like, it's not worth it. I'd rather be by myself um, and, and happy and single, you know? Mm -hmm. Are there things that like work for you to be able, like, so like to be able to be aware of your own needs or like what, Mm -hmm. what was different that you were able to like sort of recognize it in this new relationship and just be like, nope, goodbye. So, um, so interesting. So 
I didn't know like a lot about narcissism when I went into that. I had had like a person who had been in a narcissistic relationship on my podcast. She talked about it. Um, so I, I was like kind of aware, but I didn't recognize until long after my relationship ended that that's what I had endured. And so of course, in the beginning, like that love bombing phase, like everything was great. Everything was wonderful. And I started to notice probably like maybe five, six months in, like something is off here because we used to completely click in this regard. And now I'm feeling like I'm having to like go beyond myself to kind of make him happy or um, solicit that same response from him. And so I started to kind of like take note of those things. And again, like super big into journaling and such. And I just kind of noticed this pattern and thought to myself, wow, like it shouldn't be this hard, like, you know, it shouldn't be this hard to kind of get somebody's, you know, love or, you know, like I, I how come I had it like a month ago, but now it's like, oh, I'm fighting tooth and nail to like get that approval or that validation. And we had had tons of discussions about like, what's your love language? And, you know, um, and, and we had done a lot of like exercises together. Like, you know, I shared with him my like five-year vision and I was like, could you, would you write your five-year plan? So we can kind of like, before he heard mine, like kind of overlay them and go, are we on the same trajectory here? Like, do we want the same things out of life because I don't know about you guys, but at this stage of the game, I mean, I'd prefer, I'm all happy to have like another friend or whatnot, but I don't want to pursue something romantic with somebody if like their end goal is to never have a family or to never be married again. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think, you know, I don't think, you know, people are going to change. Like typically they, you know, have their position on that. And I'm definitely not of the belief, like you can change somebody. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I respect you for your wishes. You're, we're just not a match. And so we had done those exercises. So always in the back of my mind, I had thought, well, no, he wants the same things. Like, you know, he, he wants somebody to build with and he wants to, you know, create a family and, and all these things. But the, actions and um the verbal and written didn't align and so um you know we had a conversation about it and i thought that his response to the conversation was peculiar as well mm-hmm. um i felt like i was kind of being run in circles a little bit and um again i just thought to myself you know there's something off here. And as much as I want like the potential that's there to keep going and, you know, cause, cause I like having somebody, I like, you know, how we have our little routine together, you know, um, I like our deep discussions when we have them, but, but it wasn't the same because, you know, assuming like, you know, I don't, necessarily know that he's been diagnosed that but you know um now that i know the pattern of behavior and stuff my guess would be or my assumption would be that i was being put through the discard phase and so he was spending less time um concentrating on our relationship and focusing on you know what he needed to do to kind of like meet my needs because he was spending that energy or investing it elsewhere anticipating that he was already moving on hmm wow I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm just going to keep firing questions. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just listening. <laughs> um, what is, how are you approaching relationships right now? Like what are the most important things that you want from a relationship right now? 
Yeah. So I'll tell you, uh, right after we broke up, I was like, I, I kind of said, I'm not ready to date. I mean, I, my heart was broken. You know what I mean? And, and I think I was grieving not only the loss of the relationship, but the loss of like who I thought was my best friend. Cause we really were, you know, like best friends mm. and also the loss of the potential because for the first time since my divorce in 2011, um, I really saw myself, you know, marrying this person and like saw myself again, like, oh, you know, having that opportunity to be a mother. Um, and so that was very, very difficult. But I also felt like I needed like a small win, like I needed to connect with somebody again and to feel as if I could do it. Like, I didn't want to like swear off dating and, you know, all those things like, you know, put some sort of hard stop. And so through an organic way, actually through a mutual friend, which you guys know through Erin, um, you know, she had introduced me to somebody and we had gone on a, well, actually I didn't anticipate it being a date, but we, um, we ended up hanging out and it kind of turned into like a date and we saw each other for a few times. And, um, I recognized really quickly that we weren't a match either, but it was like almost great for my confidence to be like, okay, like you still got it. Like, you know what I mean? And I, what I mean by got it is like, you still know what you want. And like, you still can recognize early on mm -hmm. that if it's not the right thing and you can get out of it and still keep a friendship with the person and do it like amicably. And so that's what I did. You know what I mean? I, I just said, you know, I've enjoyed spending time with you and this has been great. I just don't think that we're aligned and, and it's fine. And we're still friends and such. And then I thought, you know what? Okay. You got that under your belt. Like you can do this again, but like continue your healing process. So right now I'm in a funny stage. So I had downloaded apps um, probably like two months ago. And so I have three apps on my phone. So I have Raya just because I'm uh, that creepy person like who likes to see who's in the area. So, and, I, and I'll just be honest, I downloaded Raya around Super Bowl because I'm obsessed with the NFL and it was more so like, okay, where's Debo Samuels? And like, should I like just show up at his hotel and be like, hi, like, I don't even want to like date you. I just want to like play catch with you. <laughs> you're like, it says in your location that you're only 0.5 miles away. So I have like four directions I can go. I'm not kidding. Like, and, it, I, they definitely got better at that because, you know, back in the day on Raya, you could pinpoint like they are at whatever bar in wherever. Oh, wow. I was yeah. So for, for people who don't know, Raya is a dating app like exclusively for sort of like famous people or high profile. Like, don't like how does it work? Like, don't you yeah. have to be what was like the process? Yeah. yeah. So it is so funny. So I've had Raya since. Oh God, it's been, it's been years now, but we had like a chain. So like, it was back when my brother was single, like my brother is now engaged and all that. So this is like years, three, four years ago, but we had like a chain of people who wanted to be on Raya. Right. And so, and everybody got like one invitation. So it worked this like system where when it was your turn and you got your invitation, you had to give it to the next person in the line. And then we kind of went like that. So somewhere along, you know, the way my name, came up and I got my thing and then I passed it on. So it wasn't like I could give it to whoever we had like this formal like thing worked out. And I don't even know who was the first person who like got us into that little rotation. But the, the funniest thing ever is when I first got on the app, um, 
it shows you by location, right? Like it's, so it shows you like, okay. And I lived in Manhattan beach at the time. And so it would, every day it would show me like who's in Manhattan beach, but it shows you guys and girls. Like it doesn't um, separate that. And so the two guys that were always in Manhattan beach were my brother and my brother's best friend. And I was like, okay, like this app sucks. You know? That's so funny. <laughs> I, um, I already have both their numbers. Like, <laughs> can you hook a girl up and get me on I have to figure out who's where that, you know, lineage of invitations is because it's far surpassed me and figure out how that yeah. that works. But I will tell you, it's just I mean, you know, I don't want to say it like that, but like it is just like the other ones, you know, I've gone on some some nice dates from it, but I more use it as like silly, like a, a novelty, you know what I mean? So like when I travel to the away football games, I'm always like, OK, which players are here? Like, you know where are they at type deal, you know, because I'm just such a football fan. And again, it's not even like to like date them or anything. It's just like, just to have like the conversation and be like, so let's talk about this play. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Yeah. But okay. But you have Raya and you have some other yeah, apps. What are the, yeah. right I have Raya. I have Bumble. I, d I downloaded Bumble again um, because I like the idea of just being able to control who I, you know, conversated with because a big deal for me when I came out of my relationship was not, and I know this sounds like wonky, but obviously I'm, you know, a mindset coach and such. So I understand like the chemical reaction that I was getting from my relationship, you know, when I got a text every morning or a voice note or like, you know, we were big communicators in like a video message. So if you can imagine having all of that every single day and then going like to nothing, your brain wants that hit, you know, of dopamine. And I'm like, I did not want to get that from another person or from a dating app like that, you know, response. So I was very cognizant of that. I know that probably sounds crazy to somebody who um, hasn't, you know, spent the time to kind of learn about that. But, you know, your brain becomes wired and used to those, um, you know, engagements and interactions, especially with the other person. And we had such a routine together that breaking that routine was very difficult. So, um, so I had Bumble for a long time and didn't really ever, you know, swipe. I would look, but I wouldn't like really engage. And then Hinge has always historically been like one of my favorite apps because I thought it leads to the most in-person meetups, but I had to get to the point where I was like, actually ready and willing to meet up with somebody yeah i it's interesting well first of all i wish hinge was better out here for for females mm -hmm. i have found it's not good at, at all of the guys that i want to meet end up being in like the la area like oh, the yeah. inland empire guys just they're like no we don't have enough time for hinge but like i'd rather have the girl reach out to me on bumble <laughs> Really? Yeah. But also it's interesting that you say like the connection, like the, like almost like a brain response to like, you know, morning texts and all of that. And it's interesting because I'm kind of where you are now, where I used to be so obsessed. Like I used to like talk with someone on the apps and like love a good morning yeah. without even meeting the person. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And now like I matched with this guy this past week and he like texted me good morning and i'm thinking like we haven't even met like <laughs> why, why are you texting me good morning like to me that's like okay this guy wants to get laid like he's yeah. doing all of the things and uh, clearly doesn't have a lot of boundaries and like also like if you want to talk just like ask a question like why are you saying good morning it was like really weird to me so then i canceled our date <laughs> 
funny that's like the biggest 180 anyone has ever pulled in their life like i like i vividly remember you saying stuff to me you're like why can't he just send me a good morning text okay that is someone i'm seeing though that would be someone i'm seeing yeah yeah dating someone like you know dating dating Mm -hmm. or in a relationship yes i want a morning text no but that but what i'm saying is even at this stage that used to be like the biggest green flag you You would be like yeah yeah like he sends morning texts and i'm like dude what the fuck are you doing (laughs) that's the best that's hilarious i love that you called off your date i mean but that just goes to show like you know what you want and you're like this isn't this isn't it. Yeah, it seemed it seemed to me, and the, like there's like a couple other things I was going to talk about this in our intro, but like I just he wasn't from here. He mm-hmm. lived oh. somewhere else, and he wasn't going to be here for like a few more months. But he said he was like, "Well, you'll have to come up and visit me in Seattle, like all this stuff." And I'm thinking, like, dude, I haven't met you. I'm not going to meet you one time and then take a trip up to Seattle. And now you're sending me a good morning text. Like this guy's looking to get laid, you yeah. know? And like, why am I wasting my time? Like, so I actually was like texting with him up until three hours before the date, and and because we had like talked for a couple of days about when we were going to meet, blah blah blah. And um, I just was like, this is a huge step for me. And I really needed to do this because in the past, I would have just done it. I would have just met him, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a, a good gut feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to waste my time. I wanted to spend time with other friends. So I sent him a text. I said, hey, I think I'm I'm not open to meeting anymore. And here's why. And like, I wish you the best. And he was just like, okay, I totally understand. Wow. I'm proud of you for doing that. And I'm so proud of you for being like open and honest about the reason why and not just making up an excuse, like, you know, why you couldn't go. But how good does that feel like when you're like honoring yourself? And I think that's what this journey, you know, of my last relationship was for me. It was like, whoa, like, okay, Erin can be her own advocate. Erin can be her own best friend. Like, you know, this is where like the self-love piece really comes into play. It's like, okay. I got this. Yeah. So, so Aaron, what are the, like, if you can just give us like, I don't know how you want to break this down, but like, what are the things you're specifically looking for? Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) I could pull up my note on my phone that I made on August 9th, 2015 to the universe and said, I went blah, 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 blah. But you know, it's so funny because, um, I think, you know, when you're younger, you put things on your list, you know, that, and it's not a list like, oh, he's not six foot, like, bye-bye. It's not that. It's just, you know, like, if I'm attracting, if I want to attract this man, like, you know, these are the things that I would want to come my way. But I think they've definitely more from the physical, like a physical attribute. Like, I'm, I'm definitely... um attracted to men outside my race and that has to do it kind of all goes back to the sexual assault just Mm -hmm. because of like you know who my assaulter was and so i just think i find comfort you know um not being in that realm or whatnot but but i mean i think now it's um it's somebody who wants the same um, fundamental things as I do. Someone who leads with authenticity and integrity. Somebody who is a good communicator, but also has like a great sense of humor because I love to laugh. And also somebody who has similar interests. I'm not saying they have to be as diehard of a football fan as I am, but like I spend a lot of time at football games. Like I don't want somebody there who's miserable, you know, like I want somebody who 
enjoys that or is fine to do that. And then, you know, allows me to kind of have my freedom to do that. And, you know, I'll do the same. I, I feel like that was something that was a miss in my last relationship too, is, you know, things that I was really passionate about, maybe he wasn't and things that he was really passionate about. Like I made a genuine effort to be present and to try to see it from his perspective and enjoy myself while I was there. But, you know, that wasn't really reciprocated. So, um, and I'm open. Like, I don't like, I don't care where he comes from. I don't care if he is, you know, my DoorDash delivery guy. I don't, <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't care. That's like, even better. He's bringing you food. I know. <laughs> right. And probably something I shouldn't be eating because I feel like there's not a lot of healthy options out there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, uh, I am thinking about doing a pivot for my season four of the podcast. Um, and I hope I can pull it off, but I, it would be an interesting little dating experiment. So, Ooh, oh, you can totally pull it off. I can't yeah. wait to listen. I have one thing to say, and then you yeah. want to kind of like bring us yeah. around. Okay. So I was like laughing inside. I almost laugh out loud, but I didn't want you to think I was laughing at you, but I came across, I don't know if you saw it on my stories, which is totally fine if you did it, but I came across this Bumble profile of this guy who had four pictures on his profile of him <laughs> holding a basketball, but like oh, in different <laughs> ways, like he was like, and then it was like, it was like, and I'm just thinking about you. You love football so much. I was just imagining you <laughs> in your dating profile, just being like, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I have a football right here. I <laughs> hold it, hold it for us. Hold it for us. This will be your clip. I'll show you this one. Isn't this isn't this badass? I could just be like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody has so long. <laughs> so long. That's the best. Um, yeah. So, Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about like the sort of mission of your podcast, and then what's the worst thing and best thing about doing a podcast that's about like dating and relationships and stuff? Oh gosh, yeah. So my mission has always been the same. Like, if I can use my voice to help even just one person, then like I I'll feel fulfilled what I didn't anticipate happening is like making these incredible friendships with people all over the world. Like I had no idea. Um, I take, that with great responsibility so i do my best like if somebody emails me dms me sends me a voice note i always respond uh, it may not be in a timely manner but i always get back to everybody but i mean even just like people like yourselves like how i mean like we would have never connected if it weren't for the podcast and i just think like that repeats itself over and over again in this world and um it has been absolutely incredible so I've taken to, uh, I, I wasn't sure in the beginning, like if I was helping men and women or both. And it's funny because I speak primarily to women, but I do have a lot of like male followers and, and men who reach out and men who I've actually helped find, you know, um, their significant other, whatever, which was really cool. Sidebar this week, I got to meet one in person. So I had helped a, a guy in Ohio, a fellow um, football fan, but not, not a Chargers fan. <laughs> And uh, that's how I, I had originally met him, but he had sworn off dating and everything. And so I, you know, educated him on the apps and showed him how to do it and helped him with his profile. And lo and behold, he's been with the same girl for um, a little over a year and a half. And so I got to meet her in person. It was, it was fabulous. It was great. Wow. Uh -huh. And it felt very like, you know, full circle moment. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my bucket is, is full by, by helping others. And I created this community, um, for women and I'm absolutely loving that. So if you can just imagine, it's like boss babes in there who are, you know, working on themselves. Um, they're on their personal growth journey. Uh, maybe they need some additional relationship help and maybe they need help with their mindset. Like whatever the case may be, we're in this spot and, um, we do like a weekly zoom happy hour and learn from each other, support each other, inspire each other. And it is like, every time I jump on, I literally am like overwhelmed, like full, like emotional, like this is the fucking coolest thing I think I've ever been a part of. And so, um, yeah, I mean, th- and that's the beauty of this journey too, right? We don't know where it's taking us, but I am like along for the ride. Like, I don't care. We can whip around turns and go up and down and whatever upside down. I'm, I'm here for it. So, um, that's my why. And I forget the other question. Cause I squirrel all the time and a <laughs> No, 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 I think we handled it. What's the hardest part? Oh, oh. I think the hardest part is I had to catch myself. So when I started the podcast, it came from a spoofy Instagram. And I am really good at the self-deprecating humor. Um, You know, so I would post a picture like of a guy I was going to go on a date with or his profile. And I would, I love to write a witty caption. So I would do that and people loved it and they ate it up. But what I recognized is like when you're talking about that and you're talking about yourself in that regard all the time or just sharing bad dating stories, like you're attracting more of that to you. And so I really had to like pump the brakes and, um, you know, reevaluate that. So maybe it's not as much fun anymore, like for, for audience members or whatnot, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be 65 still telling you guys about, you know, Joe with his dead bass who I'm swiping, you know, left on, on, on bubble. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be doing that, unfortunately. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that would be great for all of us, but like, yeah, <laughs> I want to be playing football and sitting in the friends and family section. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make my whole profile me with this football and I'm just going to send it to you, Leanna. Please. I cannot wait to share this. We're sharing this on the Patreon. Can we share this on our Patreon? You can do whatever you want with it, girlfriend. Get get somebody who's into football to swipe right. (laughs) Um, I love that you said that. And, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot too, is like, you know, I, I used to do these like bumble roasts on social media and I stopped doing it because it no longer served me. And I felt like all I was doing on the apps was looking for the negative and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post stuff every now and then if I come across a profile that's like wild and I just think yeah. it's funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that you're right that the more we kind of like accept things like that into our life and then dwell on it, the more likely or maybe attracting that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think like for myself with like still having dating stories that are hilarious, that I'm using that as a way to have boundaries, which I never Mm -hmm. had, you Mm -hmm. know, and to be able to say to the person that I like, don't like, I don't like you. You're so cute. You're so good. But it's so true. Like I, I even, so I went on a, um, 
Okay. So this is a, so I, I think I'm better in person than I'm probably am on an app. Um, and so I went to, uh, like a friend's performance the other night. Uh, I mean, he was just playing, well, you, do you know Chris from, um, listen to your heart? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he's been performing at like, um, the Marriott over here. So it's like, I have no excuse. It's like a 15 minute drive. Like I can have a cocktail. I can watch his music and I can try to get people to tip him and like also order him flatbread pizzas for when he's done in Hungary. So like, it's, it's just a win-win for everybody involved. And so there's this man that is there and, and like, you know, we had great chemistry and a vibe and, um, you know, whatever, a great conversation. And so he asked me out and I was like, well, you know, like I, I, there was something about it that I'm like, okay, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But like, there was something that I just was a little bit reserved, but I was like, is this in your head or is this like reality? So it was like, there's no harm. If I say totally fine to meet up with you, how about I just meet you at the hotel again? Because then I'm with, you know, Chris is there safe space. I can watch him perform. I'm going to have a good time no matter what, because I probably be doing that anyway. So I did, but I want your guys' opinion on this. Okay. So first date, we meet great conversation. I chose not to drink that night. I had actually gotten food poisoning, like TMI a few nights before. And so I was like, I was just not ready. Oh yeah. I mean, was not ready. He had a full bottle of red wine. This is a Wednesday night. He had a full bottle of red wine, then, um, had another glass of wine. And then when I was ready to leave, because I left probably, I think I left at like 10, 10 30. I was like, you know what? Like, I, you know, I mean, I wasn't drinking. You know, Chris was long done. Um, we, again, we were having a nice conversation, but I was like, I'm not, you know, it's a Wednesday night. Like, I don't need to stay out all night. The bartender had brought him another glass, you know, before I walked out. And I, that was a really big, like, red flag for me, right? Am I, is that an, am I in the wrong in that? No, I, I think I would feel the same. I mean, I, well, matchmakers will say to drink max. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Patty Singer, like, that's yeah. her, yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so because I think. I mean, there could be a couple of things. He could be nervous, but also like, that's a lot. That is a lot not of right. alcohol. That's even a lot on like a Saturday night. Yeah. So yeah. especially yeah. if the person isn't drinking, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and obviously, you know, like when he met me, like we were, all of us were kind of like drinking and stuff, but I just thought this isn't you know, giving me kind of like the impression I want. So then, you know, of course he said, you know, please text me when I got home and all that. It did that. But then it was like, he didn't stop texting. It was just like, you know, text. And like, so fully, fully, I got the good morning text and more. And then it was like, it was like, okay, so I, I can't remember how he phrased it, but it was like very implied. Like, so I made us dinner reservations on Sunday and I booked a circus, whatever it's called, Circus Soleil tickets for wind. And I was like, dude, I've met you twice, met you twice. And the first time was like, we just conversated at a bar. The second time like was a date, but you like, I, I can't even remember, or like, I'm just surprised you remembered like everything that happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after all that wine. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I got to put on my big girl panties and, you know, do what you did, Leanna, and just say, you know, so appreciative of the offer, but, you know, this is just moving a little too fast for me, you know? Yeah. And what was his response? 
um, can we, like, can we be, can we be friends and still hang out? And I was like, yeah. you know, yeah, but, in but sm- also like, no, <laughs> small doses. Yeah. See, I, we're the, we're at the point where I'm at. I would have been like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I pick up on social cues pretty good. But I was like, I don't think he picked up on any social cue, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but well, Erin, you have oh. been so amazing to have on. I like you even more now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I want to go out to LA and go to Chris's show with you. Oh my God! Please do. Can we please do that. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I I don't think he's um he's not back until the following Friday. But yeah, any okay. time you're always welcome. Yeah, okay. yeah. I guess you can come if you want. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's in a phase of denying invites. I'm like hibernating. Yeah, I know. I love that. And I want to hear more about that journey. I also, (laughs) I mean, we can always look at your app and I can help you just see what's out there, like from a different perspective. That's always Uh, fun for me. You know what I mean? Are you talking to me right now? Yes, I'm talking to you. I mean, I don't know. You told me the last time I think I saw you that you took your app offline. Yeah, I've been off and Leanna's trying to talk me back on. Back on. So we'll see. Who knows? Well, Erin, just to kind of like wrap this up into a cute little bow. Um, do you have any last words of like wisdom or something that you want to manifest for yourself? Like as you know, to kind of close us off. Oh gosh. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously everybody knows what I want to manifest. I want to manifest, you know, <laughs> my best football life. So yeah. So if, if season four gets pulled off, Leanna, you will see more pictures of footballs than your little heart could ever desire. So I will keep you posted on that. But um, I just feel like 2020 is a great year and of 2022, excuse me, you're like looking at your throwing back. Um, so 22 is my lucky number that goes way back um, to Clyde Drexler, who is a basketball player back in the day. But anyways, I just, I just feel like for anybody out there who, you know, wants a relationship or whatever the case is that they want, like now is the time. Like, we don't have to look at this, like, Oh, we're already almost in May. Like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, there is so much possibility. And here's the thing. All it takes is one time. That's it. All it takes is one time, one meeting, saying hi to somebody, you know, behind you, that's not your therapist in the line at Whole Foods or, you know what I mean? Like, or just think about like how we met, like through a mutual friend. Sometimes you don't think about that. And I think we lose sight of that. And that's why people meet each other when they're on vacation, because they're fully present and they're in this like good energy vibe. If we went throughout our day with that same energy and presence and not being on our phones and not being like rushing from A to Z, there's a ton of possibilities all around us. And I think that's, you know, my biggest takeaway and what I would challenge everybody else with is like, be present and don't give up, like keep the hope because it's out there. Beautiful. Okay. Plug all of your things. All of my things. Okay. Yeah. So you can find me at your such a catch. It's Y O U R E such a catch on Instagram. Um, my TikTok is nowhere near as good as yours. Um, oh, stop. <laughs> your TikTok's great. I'm always like intrigued. Yeah. You have great <laughs> advice. So, but yeah, on all social media platforms. Um, and if any ladies out there are curious and want to check out my community, please do. Uh, you can find my community on my website. So it's your such a catch but happy to give you um, a trial run in there. And I think everybody will love it. So 
Yay. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. I love you guys. (laughs) We love you too. All right, guys, go follow Aaron and follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Lana Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. You can go to our website for literally everything. So hello and goodbye podcast.com. Um, you've got our YouTube, our Patreon, our sponsors, all of our social subscribe, rate, review, share with a friend. Yep. Tell us how much you love us. Yeah. And then come back and listen next time. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.